0: And learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all, thanks so much for joining me for session 227 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. We'll get right into the episode after a word from our sponsors. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For the first time in a while, I have quite a bit of fun travel coming up this summer, and I'm really counting on Macy's to help round out my wardrobe for some of these trips. Right now, I've got my eye on a new bag and sandals from Coach and some super cute tops and dresses from Macy's On 34th brand. And you can never really have too many pairs of sunglasses. And there are a lot of cute options to explore right now. If you need a little help getting your summer look together, shop at macy's.com slash ownyourstyle. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Let's get into it. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org ourblood to make an appointment now. We've talked here before about the importance of having our identities affirmed and celebrated in all the ways that looks. And joining us today to discuss what that might look like as an Afro-Latina woman is Dr. Luisa Bonifacio. Dr. Bonifacio is a licensed psychologist in New York with extensive experience working within city hospitals, community mental health centers, and the Veterans Affairs Medical Center. She enjoys working with clients working through trauma, racial, cultural, gender identity, and its impact in our daily lives, challenging family dynamics, imposter syndrome, and codependency. She's a graduate of Teachers College, Columbia University, and has previously held teaching positions at John Jay College of Criminal Justice and Teachers College, Columbia University. Currently, she enjoys working with clients in her private practice in Brooklyn, New York. Dr. Bonifacio and I chatted about where to get started in exploring your Afro-Latina identity. Some of the challenges related to colorism that arise particularly between generations of Afro-Latina women, media depictions of the community, and she shares some of her favorite resources for finding community. If there's anything that resonates with you while enjoying our conversation, please share it with us on social media using the hashtag #TBGinSession. Here's our conversation so much for joining us today, Dr. Bonifacio. Thanks for having me. am super excited. Yeah, I'm very excited to chat with you. So I wonder if you could just start by telling us what do we mean when we're talking about people who identify as Afro-Latina?
1: To me, the identity is really based in the awareness that your heritage is based in the crossing of the two worlds, the the Black identity and the Latina identity. And to me, that's whether you grew up in a country that's Latin or Spanish-speaking really is irrelevant. It's more about do you identify and are you aware that somewhere along the line, there's Blackness in your lineage, in your family history. And so there's an awareness there and that's part of your history. I'm Dominican, and I think a big part of like Dominican culture is to deny the Blackness of it, at least in the way I grew up. To many extents now, I think there's huge political and social structures in place to keep Dominican folks from knowing their Black history. And I think that's a very common experience across many Latin American countries. For me, the Afro-Latinidad identity is like this awareness that there's no like purity in that, right? Like it's all a big mixed mass. And a big part of that was the slave trade and mm. also the, the Afro-Indigenous folks who were already on the islands in those countries. And so just having an awareness of that identity and of that heritage is really important. So to me, that's how I think of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it feels like my short answer guess as to like why that has been denied is like white supremacy, right? And like trying to make anything closer to whiteness, the right answer. But I wonder what that is like, because it definitely seems like more people are talking about being Afro-Latina now. It sounds like even from your personal experience, it is not something that maybe is talked about a lot in like the information is passed down from generation to generation. So what are you seeing now in people who maybe are talking more? About the Afro Latina experience. Are there some struggles related to not knowing that piece of the history and like what it means to like now have that awareness and want to embrace that? Coming to that awareness
1: is not without a large amount of inner conflict and inner Mm -hmm. turmoil, I think, Mm -hmm. because you grow up in family sometimes actively denying that identity, your Black history. I wasn't born here, so when I came to the States, it was really my first confrontation with identity. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I came to be very confused and conflicted about where did I fit in? I think presentation-wise, people can look at me and say, oh, she's mixed. Mm -hmm. I heard that growing up a lot. And so I didn't really understand what that was. And so I think right now, because the history of America is very much... This consciousness around race, you can't help but like be Afro Latina and like not be confronted by it. And so, like, you have to kind of deal with it. And I think part of that is really navigating what you've been told about who you are and like Mm -hmm. actually what it's like to hold those identities in this country. Particularly last year with a lot of the protesting and the George Floyd, it forced folks to really confront who they have come to believe they are. As much as I think you can try and kind of avoid and say, no, I'm not black. I'm Dominican. That's a really big thing. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like, well, no, like you can't you can't do that. Like, that's not how this works. To answer your question, it's not without a lot of, I think, internal conflict that Mm -hmm. people can come to that identity.
0: Yeah. So the comment you just made, like, I'm not black, I'm Dominican. What do you think, like, if we peel back the layers behind that, like what's typically underneath that for people?
1: I think it's white supremacy. I think for Latino folks using the Latino identity sometimes can be like a distancing from Blackness, right? Mm. Because we've been told that Blackness is similar to the things I think folks grow up with in the States, like Black is not great, Mm. fix your hair. Coming to terms with what we've been told about Blackness is all BS. It takes really confronting then like your identity, right? In the fabric of Latino countries is white supremacy and internalized racism,
0: basically. Mm -hmm.
1: And so a lot of that is like, you know, you have to confront like what we've been told about our identities and who we are.
0: There's nothing wrong with having pride in your nationality, right? And so I wonder if you can talk about or give some suggestions for how people can kind of maintain that pride, but also explore what it means to be Black in addition to that.
1: I think that there's room for both, for us to celebrate our culture, our language, our food, our music, and also I think make room for all the things that we haven't been taught to celebrate, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of ancestral practices in terms of spirituality have been stripped away from Latinx folks. And so exploring that, right? Like that's how our ancestors were denied their identity to connect Mm -hmm. to their Blackness, to their connection to Africa. And so kind of making room for that too, right? This really great woman, this Dominican woman who started this like, hair salon for curly hair people in in DR and now in New York is an example of celebrating that we have this like amazing multifaceted hair. And, you know, what I think a lot of Dominican identity, Latin identity is to try and like really tame down and process and like fit into this idea of the whiteness of what's accepted in identity. And so celebrating all that, celebrating just practices that I think Historically, in our families, weren't labeled. This is from our Black heritage, mm-hmm. and so connecting those two is really important, and really being curious and like being willing to have conversations. I think that's another thing that gets lost is having conversations within our families about, oh, oh, how come we do that? How come you know, like we say this, you know, this saying or this prayer. I grew up with an aunt who was very much into curandaria, and that's like an African kind of way of practicing spirituality. And I just thought of it as like, that's her thing. But that that was her kind of practicing, like, you know, ancestral ways of healing and ways of praying that in our family we never really discussed. We never labeled like that. Mm -hmm. We just, saw her as like, she's just being weird.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, if I think about like just conversations intergenerationally for Black women, I would imagine that they are the same kinds of conversations with a different flavor, right, in Latina communities. And I'm wondering, like, you've already talked about like how your aunt practiced, you know, this particular piece of spirituality. And like, what some of those conversations, like, do you see a lot of tension between like, granddaughters and their grandmothers about maybe the grandmother does not identify As Afro Latina, but the granddaughter does right, and so Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that come up in like some of those intergenerational conversations?
1: Yeah, for sure, that's very much been the reality. I think for now, the Latin next generation, who's like coming into more awareness and more empowerment with their blackness, is really confronting and sitting with the family conflict that comes about when you own that identity. I have two small children; they're very black and have hair that is just beautiful and curly. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it has been around like, being mindful of the language that my family uses around hair Mm -hmm. around them. And so really saying like, there is beautiful, tell them that it's beautiful and how amazing it is. That's something that now is very present. And so it can lead to conflict, it can lead to distancing, it can lead to a lot of feeling like you don't belong. And so what you think is family, what you think is being proud of your Latino experience now is like, wait a minute, you've been impressing me and confusing me all these years. And so it can be pretty sad, I think, and confrontational of like what you think, what you come to believe family is, what you come to believe, what your role and your identity is. But those conversations kind of need to happen and Particularly I think around, for me anyway, like around children. It's like, well, no, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, colorism is a huge thing too. And so Mm -hmm. policing that and comments about being too dark and Mm -hmm. talking to my grandmother about that, I think at this point. I kind of have to enter it knowing, you know, she's like about to be in her 90s. Like, I still have the conversations. I still say my truth, but it's a very delicate dance, I think, because for a lot of us, family is so important. It's like such a huge part of the Latino experience is having strong family connections. And so it's a complicated one. And I don't have a good answer for it, Mm -hmm. but I know that it's one that is not without a lot of tension and questioning
0: hmm. hmm. Yeah. And I know that you have worked with clients from lots of different ages and a lot of your research has been on Latina college students. And I'm wondering, like in the work that you've seen, we know how important identity is to mental health and how some of those identity challenges can impact our mental health. Can you talk a little bit about what kinds of things have come up in your work as it relates to identity and mental health?
1: Yeah, for sure. Part of my initial research in identity and mental health was around the messaging that particularly Latinas get in college around making career choices. And so what messages are we getting that either help us feel confident in the choices you're making mm-hmm. or not confident in questioning? And so we found not surprising, and I think this extends to anyone marginalized is you know when you're in college and it depends on the college setting but when you're in college messaging around well are you sure you want to do that or you don't look like you're going to be good at math or things like that like things like oh you you speak really good english for latina mm. things that internally tell us you don't belong yeah. you don't fit in are you really smart enough and so what that does is gets you questioning and gets you readjusting and changing your belief system around what you can accomplish and what options are available to you and like i think this applies to not just the latina identity but folks on the margins people of color lgbtq folks you get these like microaggressions these messages basically meant to make you question your inherent talents your skills your capabilities And it's a sort of a way of gatekeeping and limiting folks to pursue things that would be fruitful and productive and would be amazing. And so I think the focus on identity is so important, at least for me, the way I see it, the reason why I even like came into this field was because I can't tease apart your mental health from your identity. Like to me, they're entwined, like Mm -hmm. the way you show up in the world, the way you're treated in the world, the way people see you, you've been told about who you are. All of that affects every single thing. Mm -hmm. It affects the way your kindergarten teacher talks to you. It affects the friends you make. It affects the relationships you make. To me, identity is everywhere and it affects everything.
0: Yeah. More from my conversation with Dr. Bonifacio after the break. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iheartradio.com/RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. visit iheartradio.com/RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Forum is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Mave and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API Scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Many people feel anxious when they think about finances. It can feel overwhelming, stressful, and even hopeless, especially when you're first starting out and don't know what to do. But when you have a solid financial plan in place, this anxiety turns into confidence. You can regain a sense of control over your life and improve your self-esteem. How do you build financial confidence? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash blood to make an appointment now. Can you talk a little bit, Dr. Bonifacio, about like your experience as an Afro-Latina woman and like how you have shaped your practice around that and how it impacts the work that you do with your clients?
1: Yeah, grad school was kind of like the awakening moment for me. I came into this field, I think, wanting that moment and wanting to first work within my community. I grew up in Brooklyn I grew up in really just diverse and very nurturing kind of communities. And so I needed to be a part of it. And this happened to be the avenue that helped me get back in this way. And I think grad school was one of those moments for me, one being like the only Black woman for a big school like in New York. And so it ended up kind of being one of those like, okay, I need to really know who I am. Because Mm -hmm. if I don't, this place is going to eat me up. Being honest about my experiences was important for me letting like my professors know like this is challenging. I don't when I didn't have support letting people know. And so really creating community was important for me like, coming to terms with like how I define my identity was really important. And it just so happened my particular program was all about, we're going to teach you about identity and we're going to make sure you have the language for and that there's a foundation around how you come to label yourself and, and how to do this work with others so that there isn't a, like a further marginalization of, of folks so that there's an invitation. Okay, let's do this work together. Like mm-hmm. let's explore your racial identity, your gender identity, your sexual orientation. And how does that feel? And what does that mean? And how have the communities that you're in treated you because of these identities? It was sort of like this parallel process where I'm doing this work from grad school, but then it's like my life too, mm-hmm. right? Then it's like, I need to evaluate my relationships and I need to reevaluate like the career choices I've made and it was a huge shift in, in like my reality and the way I spoke about myself and the way that I spoke about my communities that I think now allows me to help folks find that language and feel empowered in their language, feel empowered in their identities and their communities that I didn't have before that I'm super grateful for. And now my practice, what that looks like is helping folks along that process. A big part, I think too, of my career journey has been figuring out who I am in big settings, right? Like who I am as an Afro Latina in in a hospital. I was used to be a teacher in in a school, mm-hmm. and figuring out how those systems really affected me and how those systems really are forgiving for folks who are on the margins. And so a lot of my work now is is a lot of support and a lot mm-hmm. of making room and space for folks in corporate America. Out in in big law, out working for these big tech companies that are really trying to find their voice and feel empowered in their in their experiences. All that to say, it was sort of like this awakening parallel process moment. Where as you know, I'm entering the field, I'm also kind of like doing a lot of inner work. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it was wondering... a ride.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. I love the way that you've talked about like doing your own identity work while your program was teaching you like how to do that and facilitate that for others. And I'm wondering what that looks like in your practice. Like you've already talked about some of the colorism and texturism issues that come up. I wonder how you facilitate those kinds of conversations or unpacking those conversations for people who come to you with those kinds of concerns and what might you be able to share with our community about how they might be able to unpack some of those issues related to maybe something like colorism and texturism.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think part of doing this work genuinely and honestly is just owning my identities too and making that present in the room and having that be a dialogue with whoever I'm working with, like what's it like to talk to me, particularly when I'm working with other Black women and there's for sure differences in the way that we present, right? So I know I'm fairly light-skinned and so working with folks who may be darker okay, what's it like to talk to me about it? Are you worried about what I might think? Like, how are you thinking I'm receiving it? Kind of making it present in the relationship because mm-hmm. I think part of the colorism conversation, what makes it really challenging is when it isn't talked about, when it isn't made present.
0: Yeah.
1: It doesn't serve the conversation or progress. And so part of it is in the moment, in the here and now, what's it like You're making it very present? and getting my you know, clients to kind of talk about what experiences they've had with colorism and texturism and how has that kind of affected their journey and their identity. And for me, owning like I'm here going on a journey with you. And so my experience is not gonna be your experience. My job is to kind of like help me understand your experience. I think owning my limits, owning what I know and don't know and kind of doing this work collaboratively is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's being super curious. Like, It's important for me to know like what language clients are using to describe themselves and their communities, where they feel they belong, where they feel they don't belong, what messages have they been given about mm-hmm. who they are and how they present, and how they've been made to feel othered, right? And so the way I've been made to feel othered is going to be different from other folks. And so Mm -hmm. holding space and making room for all of those versions is important for me in my work.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But yeah, it's a collaborative conversation that is ongoing and part of all the work that we do.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've talked a lot about identity and we know that much of our identity is informed by media representations, right? And mm-hmm. so I'd love to hear your input about, you know, like media representations of Afro-Latina women especially, and ones that you feel like have like been done really well and how that does impact our ability to like figure out who we are.
1: Yeah. Oh boy. I think one of the first Afro-Latinas I saw on TV was a Detective on 21 Jump Street, hmm. which I don't know if that was like a national show, but it was about these three detectives in New York. Oh, Malik Yoba was in it.
0: So was, Malik was Malik open 21street? Was it 21street or, or New York Undercover? undercover New York oh, Undercover. Oh, yes, 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 Torres. No,
1: Torres yes. was the guy, Torres right? Torres was the light-skinned Puerto Rican guy, but right. it was a the woman. It was a woman on there. And I was like, wait a minute. She has an accent, mm-hmm. her skin tone, her hair. To me, I think as a young kid, I was like, oh, she looks like one of my tias, like one mm-hmm. of my aunts. like. Mm-hmm. So that was like a marked moment for me where I saw it. To be honest, there haven't been that many that I felt like that connected to that I felt Mm -hmm. represented my experience. There was also the show Scrubs, the nurse on there, I forget her name, but she was an Afro-Latina. And I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, she sounds like the women I grew up with. She sounds Mm -hmm. like my cousins. So that was one. I think when Orange is the New Black came out there were quite a few characters mm-hmm. on that show that I felt like were authentic, were very real. And then of course now I think Amara La Negra is someone I think mm-hmm. is very much in, in the reality and in the social media space and right. the T V space that I think I think she does a good job representing Afro Latinidad. Very authentic, like there's a confidence I think about her owning her identity that is refreshing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for sure and cardi b i mean Mm, mm -hmm. she's out there Mm -hmm. she throws her spanglish out there sometimes (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she does her thing yeah but i think sometimes what i listen for and look for in afro latinas out in the space is that confidence i think that amara has but also like the owning i think particularly with colorism the owning of it Mm. that is missing a lot That is disappointing, honestly. And mm-hmm. so I wish there was more of a conversation around that mm-hmm. around being in this space, but also like knowing that our experience is a little bit different and mm-hmm. we have access, there's a different perception of us than our dark skinned sisters. And so,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, some, sometimes it's a little disappointing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that was a part of like some of the disappointment around In the Heights, right? That, yeah. you know, like the film didn't necessarily represent like the community that it was designed to be about.
1: Yeah, yeah. for sure. In the Heights was one of those experiences. It was like, oh, it, it was great artistically, but there's like a disappointment or longingness
0: yeah. for it
1: to feel to be more seen. whole. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a need, I think, World, a range of experiences that is just mm-hmm. not happening, mm-hmm. and I would think by now, it's come on, y'all, like come on, like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I wonder, have you seen anything on, like, smaller scales? Like, I feel like probably, and I don't, like, I'm not in the TikTok streets enough to know, but I feel like TikTok is a place where, like, Gen Z and younger generations of, like, Afro-Latinas are probably creating community and, like, being that thing for one another that they don't maybe see, like, in greater media representations.
1: Yeah, I just, even oh, you mentioned TikTok. I'm not on in these TikTok streets at all. <laughs> Julissa Calderon, and I think she came from YouTube Shorts, like short videos. Mm-hmm. She is one that I think is she has that voice that's very clear and confident, and very pro black and like knows she's black. That's another thing too. I think it's there's a difference between Afro Latinas now who are in this space who are are there and um like hold like physically the identity but then don't say it right mm. then they're not like yeah you know I'm afro Latina and this is who I am. I, mm-hmm. I think there's sometimes there's a hesitation yeah. to to like come out and like label it that like you're still kind of playing the white supremacy thing. And so mm-hmm. I, I just you know I think that sometimes happens out there in these yeah. social media TV streets. But Julissa Calderon, I know that she's she's very vocal. She is getting a lot of Netflix stuff and she's on Instagram. There are a couple others, but their names aren't coming to me right away. But yeah, I think now because there is a lot of language for and there's just generally like there's a desire and also like an impatience two in the younger generations that are like enough like y'all have lied
0: long enough (laughs) yeah lied
1: to me long enough like I am tired this is who I am I'm gonna find my people
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: oh it's so great to see when I do see it and I'm excited I'm excited for younger folks to come and like you know break it down
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more from my conversation with Dr. Bonifacio after the break Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us, and let's take care of our hearts together. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Forum is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity. That it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements. And to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and brown youth that to date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve, and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API Scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Many people feel anxious when they think about finances. It can feel overwhelming, stressful, and even hopeless, especially when you're first starting out and don't know what to do. But when you have a solid financial plan in place, this anxiety turns into confidence you can regain a sense of control over your life and improve your self-esteem. How do you build financial confidence? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org ourblood to make an appointment now. So what might that journey look like? Like, let's say somebody finds our conversation, a very young person, let's say a 16 or a 17 year old, and they're listening to you and they're like, oh, my gosh, is this something that I have not been told about? Right. What kinds of things might they want to explore? What kinds of questions might they want to ask? Maybe parents, grandparents, like, how do you get started with like figuring out this identity journey? I and mean, what might that look like with the support of a therapist?
1: Oh, yeah, that's such a good question. I think the extent to which you feel you have access to family, like oral history, to get Mm. super curious and to Mm. get super in people's faces. Oh, okay, so, you know, where were you born? And where did grandpa come from? And kind of just get, start to ask a lot of questions. I wish I had done that when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I still do, and I still can, but it's sort of like, while you have access, start to ask the questions. For me, it was a little complicated because my family, we immigrated here. And so we were just like surviving. like, we were like, don't ask me questions. Like we're trying to pay rent, we're trying to get food. Mm -hmm. And so I had to build community. I had to build community while, you know, going through school, outside of school, find folks who you feel that connection with, feel community with, feel like you share those identities with. It's super important, I think, without building that community, I feel like I wouldn't have developed the confidence in my identity to explore and to question and to be Mm. curious. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I would say, like, find your people, find your tribe, find the folks that you feel connected to and share your curiosities with what that would look like in therapy, I I think is kind of exploring, what have Mm -hmm. you been told about who you are? And what have you been told about what you look like? in your family? Mm -hmm. And what messages were you given about that? Were they positive messages? Were they messages that didn't make you feel good? Who did you feel close to in your early family like that made you feel safe in your identity? And so kind of identifying those things are important, particularly thinking of that age group, like late teens, early Mm twenties, where so much is happening developmentally, identity wise, that you need grounding, you need some folks to remind you like, this is who you are. And it's okay that you're struggling right now. It's okay to ask questions. I think particularly around that age group, identity can be so confronted and so shaky that it can lead you to kind of like experiment and do things that maybe aren't so healthy for you. And so those are some things I would recommend. And if you're thinking about, I think, entering therapy, kind of enter it with an openness and a curiosity as opposed to what well, I know already, right? Kind of like being willing to explore all the different ways that your identity has impacted mm-hmm. your life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would say. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, I think one thing that often comes up when people start doing this kind of work is shame, right? Like Mm -hmm. this, I'm embarrassed that I didn't know this. Like what kinds of things would you offer to people if that is something that they experience in this journey?
1: Yeah, you know, shame and guilt. They're like these two cool cousins.
0: (laughs) Not so cool cousins.
1: Right, not so cool cousins (laughs) because they keep you silent and they keep you quiet and internalizing a lot of blame and responsibility for something that isn't. And so if that is coming up, that's why I think, too, having community is important, like having folks to explore those feelings and experiences with. Right. You're not crazy. It's not like you're making it up, Mm -hmm. but also super important to kind of like release yourself from some of the like internalized negative stereotypes and the stigma and frankly, a lot of the internalized racism that kind of happens, right? Like thinking of ourselves as bad or not good enough yes. because I didn't know this or the family dynamic or the family history and culture is to pretend that these things didn't exist. How are you supposed to know? Like, how mm-hmm. are you supposed to know those things? And so coming to terms with I didn't know and now I'm willing to learn is super important. hmm to kind of silence those not so helpful thoughts and and feelings. It's okay to honor them. There's make space for them, but Mm -hmm. to the extent that they keep you quiet or isolated or distant, I would question that and kind of see where you can kind of let go of some of those things and find community around it. Mm -hmm. I think Instagram does, I think a good job of like, you can find your people that way you can connect, connect to like communities and content creators and say, you know, if you have a question or, or things like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Super important. Find, find your people and, and find where you can feel safe
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've talked about the importance of community a couple of times. I was going to ask you, have you seen communities that would be good for people who are wanting to learn more about this? Like, are there certain hashtags that people can find on Instagram or, you know, on Twitter or communities at certain websites or podcasts or books that you feel like would be helpful for people?
1: Yeah, there's a really great Instagram account called Encultured Co. And I find their account to be so awesome, I think, particularly for Afro-Latinos coming to their, like, Black identity. Mm -hmm. It's a space, I think, where the energy and the dynamic is, like, we're very much here to embrace our Blackness and what that looks like in our lives and kind of dismantle all of, like, the stereotypes, messaging, stigmas, white supremacy, BS that we've been told about Black, Latinidad. And so I think particularly when it comes to, like, the Dominican-Haitian dynamics and those things there's a lot i think that needs to like needs to happen in the space and more of seeing each other really as you know as connected people i think Mm -hmm. because of the history of the island there's so much and so that account i think does a good job of creating a space for both oh i just found this really great podcast bag ladies with a z at the end and there are these two Afro Latinas, I think they're from the Bronx and they just do a really good job again of like like speaking really authentically to the identity, to their experience, creating a community, I think around what it's like to walk around with this complex identity and all the different spaces where you may feel welcomed and then not, mm-hmm. right? And so they're really great. They're great to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I think for me what resonates is like that, Authenticity, like being willing to share their experiences and being honest about it and inviting other people to like witness their experiences
0: is really great.
1: So, yeah, those are two that I can think of okay. right now. But, okay,
0: well, that's a great place for people to get started. And where can people find more information about you? What is your website as well as any social media handles you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, I'm at Dr. Dr. Luisa Bonifacio.com and my Instagram is at my name, Dr. Lisa Bonifacio. I'm not super active. I've been taking a little bit of a social media mm. break. <laughs> and just, just for my sanity, Dr. Mm-hmm. Joy, sometimes. Understandable. A break. You
0: got to step away. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for all that information. We'll be sure to include that in the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. This was awesome
0: so glad Dr. Bonifacio was able to share her expertise with us today. To learn more about her or to check out the resources she shared, visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 227. And don't forget to text two of your girls and tell them to check out the episode as well. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, be sure to check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And if you want to continue digging into this topic or just be in community with other sisters, come on over and join us in the Sister Circle. It's our cozy corner of the Internet designed just for Black women. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. Thank you all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help black women look at self care as an act of self preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of one hundred thousand black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP or a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready. A national urban league program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over eleven million dollars in scholarship offers. Stateform believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Forum is there. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control, enter Conair Girlbaum